As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I salute each and every one with the honorable and the blessing words of grace, mercy, and peace. May they be multiplied unto you. Uh, I'm Apostle Elliot, and I welcome you to T.L. Elliot Ministries Bible Study. Amen. Tonight we continue on an awesome journey through the word of the Lord that has been written uh, by an awesome or prolific prophet named Daniel. Um, Daniel, whose name in the Hebrew means God is my judge or judgment of God. Uh, and Daniel is the writer that we are uh, looking at and reviewing and digging deep into uh, the treasures of what God has for us. Amen. And on tonight, I am continuing with chapter 9 of the book of Daniel, in the Old Testament chapter 9, in which I would like to pick up with verse 20 of the chapter. Uh, for those who have been with me on this journey as we have been reviewing uh, the book of Daniel chapter 9 uh, for those that have the Bible study notes I entitled this chapter the prayer of forgiveness and revelation of 70 weeks as we are understanding from the previous uh, teachings uh, part 1 through part um, um, 5 of this um, chapter we have looked at Daniel being in prayer or starting a dialogue with the Lord and his dialogue is in regards to one how awesome God is but number two uh, he is being the mediator on behalf of the children of Israel on behalf of Jerusalem he's petitioning before God uh, to forgive them or to look over their transgressions for he acknowledges their error and in that in the humbleness of him being the prophet that he is he is counting himself in the numbers he not only is in prayer with God, but we're understanding uh, another dynamic when it comes to this chapter. Daniel not only does prayer, but he does supplication. And as I give a revelation of what supplication is, it really articulates that he's kingdom minded or strategic in the prayer that he gives. He begins to transition into prayer that goes into the details. Amen. Supplication is about the details. Seeing something from the beginning, the middle, and the end. Discussing something more in depth. So we understand that Daniel uh, 
not only begins to do small talk with God, he begins to have a real intimate conversation with God about people that he's connected with. And basically, as he includes himself in the numbers of what the children of Israel or what Jerusalem has done to be an error before God, he makes his own petition for what may even be error within him that had not been acknowledged. I began to, to, to understand this and, and what we, what we get as to what is the primary crime? What is the primary offense that Daniel is bringing to God's attention in this prayer is the fact that they have turned a deaf ear to the law and the commandments of God. As I've said in previous teachings on this chapter, when we talk about the commandments, we're, we're speaking about what God has given instru as an instruction through conversation or through uh, audible speaking or through our hearing or discernment. When we talk about the laws of God, it's what's written down based on what God has said. So at this point in time, Daniel is petitioning to God due to the fact that Jerusalem or the children of Israel have not only disobeyed God by by not uh, uh, doing the law or keeping his commandments, they turned a deaf ear, i.e. did not want to be accountable. Amen. We know what I'm talking about here in the 21st century. Often we feel as long as I don't know, God doesn't hold me accountable. So this began to be the mindset of the children of Israel when it came to the law or the commandments of God. As long as I ain't the prophet that God's talking to, as long as I'm not held accountable to be the mouthpiece for what God says that goes against the grain, that goes against what I believe or what I want to do, then I'm good. I.G. I'm good. I have no accountability. Uh, uh, so this has been the mentality that has come across and as we still understand what Daniel is petitioning he knows that this is a high penalty Daniel is familiar with the writings of uh, Moses Moshe who was the, the the major prophet of the first five books the Torah Moses had had declared within Deuteronomy chapter 26 and 27, what are the consequences of either obeying God or disobeying? We understand to obey God means that we become entitled to blessings. But in the same turn, we understand to disobey God or to ignore God or to avoid God. We began to open up Pandora's box of curses to come upon us as well as our generation. We began to abort the promise or the covenant that was given to the forefathers. So, so, so Daniel is taking all this into account as he begins to be the lawyer advocating on behalf of the people, whether the people know it or not. This is what now has, has, has formulated through this prayer. Because I'm believing Daniel, just like anybody else, when you start seeing things happening around you, negative impacts that are occurring, 
You began to wonder, what have I done or what has somebody done or what have somebody's done that has made God upset? And see, the thing is, when God begins to bring forth curses, it's due to the fact that now he has been kindled to anger. He has been kindled to wrath. As we said in the previous teaching as well, when we talk about the anger of God, we're talking about the emotional movement of, of God that, that has passion with uh, 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 unhappiness, that has passion behind his grief, has passion behind uh, his displeasement. And it begins to manifest his wrath by things negatively impacting that he allows to happen to people that disobey him. Amen. So this is what we what we understand that Daniel has brought to our attention out of the first part of this chapter up into verse 19. So for those that are with me on tonight, uh, once again, I'm picking up with verse 20 of the chapter. Amen. And in verse 20, the scripture says, and I, I'm reading from the standard King James Version. It says, and while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my God. All right. Let me stop right there. There's a semicolon. Let me take this one verse at a time. It seems like that's stopped in the middle of a thought. But once again, let me begin to break this down as we begin to transition uh, to the rest of the thought. He says, and while I was speaking, all right, understand this. Daniel had already been in prayer. Daniel had already been in dialogue with God, but it says, while I was speaking, watch this, that word speak that's used there is the bar, which means to speak, but it means to converse or to declare. So while he's in conversation, as we're, we're understanding, and while he's repeating what he's being told, see, a declaration or to declare a thing is about repeating or repetition or practice of something that has been spoken. Amen. Just like what we are supposed to do as believers when it comes to the word of God. It's not that we just sit there and read the word of God as a leisure book, but it's a thing of getting the word inside of us and beginning to repeat it and release it into the atmosphere so the chemistry of what we speak can now be activated with the universe or the atmosphere that it's spoken into. I hope I'm giving somebody some revelation right there. So, so, so in this, he, he says here in verse 20, while I was speaking or while I was conversing and in the conversing as I was declaring or repeating some things, he says, and praying, all right, or conversating. Uh, uh, so now this even begins to give us another, another element of putting the weight in his speaking being his declaring, okay? Uh, uh, his praying is the conversating. And then watch this, he says, and confessing my sin. What was his confession? The word confessing is yada, 
which means to throw, to shoot, to cast, or to worship. If I can really give you another level of revelation in that, he says, my, my, my worship or my casting was my supplication. So now, in his declaring and in his conversating with God and in his supplication, his, his, his worship and his strategicness, uh, these are the things that he was putting in effect regarding his sin. All right. Sin. What is sin? The Hebrew word is shatah, which means offense or offender. But if we can get deeper and really understand this or wrap our mind around it, my sin is my error or my flawed thinking. It's more than me disobeying the commandments. Let, let me say that and make it crystal clear to somebody that's listening, because there's many people that are in the body of Christ that may be errored in their understanding of sin. Why do I say that? Oftentimes people think sin is just what you do in disobedience to a specific command. I.e., let me give you an example. The Ten Commandments say thou shalt not kill. So some people don't think they're sinning unless they kill somebody. The word says thou shalt not steal. Some people don't think they're sinning unless they steal from somebody. But see, understand the full gravity of what sin is, is about being in error thinking. Error thinking meaning you're, you have fallen short of the glory of God. As Paul says in the book of Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let me roll that back. All have sinned by falling short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God other than being in the glorious form that we were originally predestined to be without error in our body, i.e. sin. So in that we fall because we don't have heavenly thoughts or our mind in celestial places. So with that, without our mind being in so celestial places, we have a mind that's earthly bound. And when your mind is earthly bound, it causes you to think on earthly things. And when you think on earthly things versus godly things, then man becomes his own creator of what he wants his thought or his fantasy to be in order to be fulfilled. So now, as I understand this, and as I give you an articulated understanding about the gravity of sin, sin is anything that we think or allow our mind to hover around that's errored from the godly way of thinking on a thing or where we have our mind in godly thoughts. Okay, so, so Daniel says here, he says, while I was speaking or while I was declaring and while I was praying in conversation and while I was confessing, getting into the details of my error thinking and the error thinking of my people, the, the, the sinful thinking of the people that I'm part of the clan, that I'm part of their tribe, that I'm, I'm part of their, their, uh, 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 tribal identification. He says, we all have been in error thinking. We all have allowed our flesh to begin to be thoughts that we entertain in place of godly things. So in this, he says, uh, this, uh, my sin, which Daniel is talking about his own. And he says, and the sin of my people, Israel, Israel, uh, which means God prevails. Amen. God prevails. All right. 
so 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 now now in this watch this and and if i may let me let me give a sidebar revelation for somebody that may be listening and, and not be aware of this if you ever think about the the name of the word israel it's actually three syllables israel under uh uh, uh the kemet culture or the egyptian culture it would be understood east short for isis or moon Ra, short for Ra or Amen Ra or Sun, El, short for El or Elohim or God or celestial orders. So what's what's also being spoken in the name of Israel, which is God prevails, is sun, moon, and stars. Why is sun, moon, and stars being spoken? Well, when you go to Psalms 143, it says the moon, sun, and stars shall worship him. So God prevails over the celestial orders, which now we got more weight to even understanding Israel in Hebrew meaning God prevails because everything that was created in the celestial order of things are submitted unto him as being Lord Supreme. Okay, just wanted to throw that. That's just a little sidebar theological revelation for someone that's listening. Amen. But here it says, it says, and the sins of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication, or he says, to lay down or to cast before God his, his supplication, which the word supplication, as I tied it to confession, is tekinah, which means uh, entreating him, uh, 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 being strategic with him being detailed and having a conversation is love he says i i bring my supplication before the lord or in the presence of him who is my god or should i say yahuwah thy elohim yahuwah meaning the existing or the eternal one who is my god which is Elohim, God and the sons of God, a God and magistrate, or God being my all in all. Anything in him or out of him is of him. Okay? So now he says this, he says, for the holy mountain of my God. Now, something that I brought out before um, in the previous teachings as as he talks about the tabernacle or or in the mountain we are supposed to be in the elevated place in him and be the tabernacles or the temples of God we are the vessels Paul says did you not know that your body is the temple of the living God and the spirit of God dwells in you this is in first Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 6 so I, I throw that out so it can be on your back burner as we're continuing to move forward in this text. Amen. So now let us look at verse 21 that ties to the thought. It says, Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, Touch me about the time of the evening oblation. All right. So Daniel says, while he was praying, 
All right. He says, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. I read that to you again because watch this. Here's a revelation within it. What was just said. Check this out. Daniel declares while he's talking, something is happening. Okay, somebody, somebody better, better really get what I am saying. Most of the times when we enter into prayer with God, people are under the mindset that I need to pray to God and get my conclusion in and say amen so that God can move on what I prayed about. What I'm giving you a revelation on right now is the fact that Daniel wasn't finished praying and God was already acting on the prayer. Y'all feel what I'm saying? If you remember in the New Testament, when, when Peter was incarcerated, the people were praying and he already popped up at the door and, um, and, and the one that answered the door was like, well, wait a minute, we praying for you, uh, but you're right here. Y'all got to understand this. So often what we get a real revelation on those who have supplication or real covenant relationship with God in their prayer time, Often God will make movement and cause your prayer to be a command to somebody or something else on your behalf. Daniel was in, in prayer and declaring some things and I'm telling you, God was already answering it and using the prayer as instructions to his messenger. Because now notice what it says here. It says, uh, while he was praying, he says, I was in prayer. Even the man Gabriel, Gabriel or Gibrael, uh, is the pronunciation in the Hebrew, which his name means, watch this, warrior of God or man of God. Something we always say, even in the body of Christ, we'll say man of God or woman of God. And in that, we're declaring the name of Gabriel or Gibrael, which the name not only means man or woman of God, but it implies one who is a warrior on God's behalf. So Daniel begins to, to pray. God begins to give instructions to Gibrael or Gabriel on behalf of what Daniel is petitioning and in that it becomes a manifestation for Daniel because the scripture says uh, when he was saying this he says even the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision who I had seen Shazon in my revelation that was given at the beginning when I was first entered into this vision or getting this revelation with God I already saw Gabriel. I already saw this warrior for God in the midst of the vision, but now he has manifested again or come back on the scene based on what I've been talking to God about. And so in this, he, he says that uh, uh, not only did he see him at the beginning, but he says being caused to fly and see we, what we're talking about fly. It's talking about to, to grow or be swift, all right? 
be quick. Uh, he touched me about the time of the evening. All right. At the time, and see, when, when it says the time of the evening of oblation, Daniel was consistent with praying to God at the rising and the setting of the sun. Daniel was consistent in his sacrificial time unto God or his time of offering or the time that he gave his tribute unto God. So what Daniel says is, before his tribute, his window of time that he was giving oblations unto God, this is the time that, 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 that Gabriel popped up on the scene in the time that, that Daniel is committed to God and God alone. Isn't that interesting or isn't, isn't that something profound that gives us a, a, a real revelation? How often have we had the opportunity to be consistent at doing something for God so that whoever he dispatches show up when we're in that isolated moment with God. Remember, you know, sometimes uh, I've said this before and my, my former bishop used to say, he says, sometimes God isolates us in order to insulate us. So could it be that those isolated times that we are supposed to be in consistency, those are the times that God wants to give us a manifestation of who he dispatches on our behalf in order to answer what we've been praying. How often have we missed the appointment and cause them not to be in the gap of the time that our attention is focused solely on God versus the things around us. Amen. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. So, 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 so now here's, here's, here's what's going down. Here's what's going down. It says, uh, um, here in verse 22, here in verse 22, he says, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. All right. So now watch this. Daniel's prayer is being concluded. Daniel was praying, communicating with God. Now the conversation is fixing to shift to a time of instruction. Y'all feel what I'm saying? The prayer was dialogue. The supplication came in for strategy. Repentance came into the picture. All the things that needed to be done. And watch this. Be it that all those things had been initiated in the conversation with God. What now happens is God basically says Daniel is prepared now to receive Additional instruction. Daniel is prepared now for another level of revelation. Daniel is prepared now for me to give him something that he didn't uh, 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 receive in our conversation time. So now the messenger that I have dispatched, I am going to let him come in a form unto Daniel where Daniel can receive him. And I'm going to allow him to bring clarification See, watch this. Oftentimes God uses a messenger to come to you to bring the clarification of what he has said to you or what he has given for you to declare. So 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 in that don't miss it as to who sent once again to bring the answer to clarity to you. Amen. So so in this now we're transitioning into the prophecy, the 70 week prophecy. 
verse 22, it says, and he informed me or he, he gave understanding to me, uh, based upon my supplication. All right. He gave me understanding. This is what Daniel is saying. The messenger gave me understanding of the supplication or the conversation and strategy regarding the commandment that came forth. All right. The commandment was what God spoke to the messenger based on the supplication of Daniel. It's what's being said. Now, he says, uh, um, he informed me and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I am now come forth or I have now manifested to give thee skill or give you wisdom in your understanding or your discernment. See, there's one thing for us to understand something. It's one thing for us to, to have a type of comprehension of something, but it's another thing to have wisdom with what we understand. You know, the word says in all that getting, get understanding. Well, it's, it's, it's implying that I need to get experience with what I understand in order for my experience to validate me now being wise about what I know. So, so in this, he's what he's talking about, for Daniel to have skill in his understanding, he says, now you're fixing to have an experience going forward. And based on the experience going forward, everything that you heard, everything you were told, now you're going to experience it for yourself so that when you write the record, you will have wisdom in how you write it and what you write. Okay, here's, here's, here's where we go now. Verse 23, it says, uh, at the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth and I am come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. All right. Uh, he said at the beginning of thy supplication, beginning of your prayer, uh, the beginning of the detail of your conversation, the command came, I came, uh, when the command came forth, I come to show, show thee. All right. So he says, I come to show. He means I come to make known. I came to reveal to you. All right. Uh, for thou art greatly beloved. Now notice this. He says, the reason I'm going to reveal to you is because you have a relationship with the father that he loves you. How often watch this. This is, this is really a puncher question that some may really grab right now. How often do, uh, we want something revealed, but we don't have a relationship, uh, with God enough to be loved enough 
for that revelation to come forth. Now, don't misunderstand me. God loves all his children, but those who are practicers of covenant, those who are practicers of conversating with him, those who are practicers of keeping a greater level of relationship with him, those who are practicers of keeping him on their mind versus their mind on something else. It brings a different stature of love uh, from God in order to say, I love you so much. I want you to know what everybody else don't know. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the mysteries of God are for God and for those uh, he reveals it to who are the keepers uh, uh, and the doers of these laws and they will pass it to their generations. You got to understand this. So God only reveals himself to himself. God only reveals the knowledge of what is his great level of wisdom to those who are in the posture to be like him. You know what I'm saying? Why should he give himself to somebody that don't want to be like him? You think about it. Think about it for a minute. So, so in that he's, he's looking to give himself to himself. And in that, as he begins to deal here with Daniel, it says, um, uh, he uses Gabriel. He says, for thou art greatly beloved, meaning watch this. You are greatly pleasing to God and you are something God desires. Watch this. The word beloved is Kimda, which means delight, pleasant or desire. So God desires you. God is desire. He says, Daniel, you're greatly desired by God based upon you pleasing God. So in this due to due to this, he says, therefore, understand the matter or understand what I'm about to tell you and consider the vision. So what I'm about to tell you, he says, I need you to process and think on this revelation that I'm about to give to you. That's what he's talking about when he says, consider the vision. He says, I want you to listen to what I'm about to reveal to you. And I want you to consider this revelation. That means you need to weigh the scales of what you're being told now. Because there's some things, there's some things that you, you're going to have to weigh out. Be it that something that was in the dark to you has now come to the light. Then it may mean that there has to be a shift in your thinking based on what you now know. Okay. Now, verse, verse 24, verse 24, it says 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. All right. So a lot going on right here in, in verse 24. Let's, let's begin to look at this in verse 24. It says 70 weeks. All right. Shabim Shabuah, which is 70 weeks. As we would think, he says are determined or are decreed or have been divvied out upon thy people 
and upon thy holy city. All right. Kadesh is the word holy, meaning sacred or separated or consecrated city uh, or encampment to finish the transgression or to complete or bring balance. You know what I'm saying? Settle up the cost of the rebellion that has happened, the revolt that has happened. Remember, what the, 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 the primary crime that's going on that Daniel brought up in the prayer was disobeying God's laws and commandments. Everybody turned a deaf ear. So in that, the cost is uh, 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 God's wrath and anger. Because the crime they have committed in doing this is rebellion. I ain't going to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to hear it. That's rebellion. That's what God calls a transgression or a pasha. All right. Now, he says, based on your transgression or based on the people's transgression, he says, uh, uh, what I am going to do is divvy out a seven week consequence upon the people. All right. To finish the transgression and to make an end or a completion of sin, bring it to closure and to make reconciliation or to balance the books. If I can put it, uh, I, I, I can balance the contract between you and I. So he says, I will bring reconciliation or a kafar, uh, purging for their iniquities or the guilty actions that they have physically performed. And then he says, and bring everlasting righteousness, or should I say eternal justification. Everlasting is about eternal. All right. And then righteousness is about justification. The, the, the Hebrew word for righteousness is sadak, which means justice, right, or prosperity. Now, in that, not only is he looking to bring everlasting justice, he also says, and to seal up or to stop or make an end to the vision or to the revelation and prophecy Meaning something having to be spoken with consequences and anoint the most holy. Or should I say consecrate those who have out of all of this made themselves consecrated unto the Lord. That's what he's saying here in verse 24. Let's look at verse 25. Verse 25. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times okay 
Let's look at verse 25. Let's look at verse 25. He says, after three score, which three score is 60, then it says, and two weeks. So he says, after 62 weeks, after 60, or, or excuse me, verse 24, 25, I'm sorry, verse 25. He says, know therefore and understand. I was looking at verse 26, but 25, he says, no, or should I say, uh, learn to know and understand or get intelligence or wisdom that from the going forth of the commandment or should I say the issuing of the command or the utterance or what's spoken to you he says to restore or rebuild or to return or turn back and to build or repair Jerusalem Yahuzalem, which means the teaching of peace, unto the Messiah, Mashiach, which means the anointed or the consecrated one, who is the prince, Nayid, which means chief leader or captain, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. All right? So... So in this, he's saying there's going to be a period of time to rededicate and reconsecrate oneself unto the prince or the captain or the chief leader, which is the Messiah, the anointed one or the anointing. So that means it's not overnight. It's a, he, he's saying there is an extended period of time for consecration to be restored again, to be in right standing with the anointed one, which is the Prince of Peace or the Prince of Order. Okay. He says, the street shall be built again. Now, I want you to understand this thing because a lot of people may miss it when we talk about street. Anybody that was with me when I was teaching the book of Revelation and, and we talked about the new Jerusalem, when we got to the street, the street is in, in the text is not really a street like we think in Western world or Western world culture. Understand this. The word street is rekab, which means open place or plaza. Y'all know how you have the center of town, uh, one one area that 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 uh, buildings go around. You know, like in, in a lot of small towns, you'll have the courthouse uh, with little uh, storefronts going all around it. Well, the courthouse is in the street. All right, it, it's in the center. It is. Uh, uh, as we say, the plaza where everybody comes collectively. This is what's talked about when the word is talking about street. Okay. So now it really says that, uh, the plaza, all right, the open place where everybody comes shall be built or established again. And the wall or watch this. 
The word wall is shorutus, which means sharp, diligent, or determination in troublous times. All right. So what, what's being said here? It says that uh, uh, the, 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 the middle of the vessel, the inside, the, the plaza where everything comes, regardless of the walls that are around it, regardless of everything that's built around it, shall be rebuilt or reestablished. All right? And uh, what else shall be established is determination, consistency, diligence, focused mind, based upon the troubles associated with the time of rebuilding the plaza. All right, watch this. This fits, fits us as believers. Based on the things that we have endured, many have been broken down as vessels that the Spirit of God has vacated because the Word tells us that God will not cold dwell in an unholy place. So then there has to be some rebuilding. There has to be some consecrating of these, these tabernacles, these temples that we call human beings, people that are in the body of Christ. So in that, what he says is our insides has to be rebuilt. It has to be reestablished based on the Prince of Peace. The temples have to be restored, not the temple that everybody is thinking about once again, like what, what, what Saul would build or, or, Saul, or, or excuse me, Solomon, King Solomon. We're, we're, we're talking about us as the temples, us as the holy places. He says, be it that all the holy places have now been broken down because they've been in rebellion and disobedience. Uh, and, and now they're at a place that they've transgressed. Everyone has to be rebuilt again. Daniel, you've been petitioning a prayer for the people because because the people are God's holy city, a, a, a metaphor, and in that they need to be restored as my holy city. So that means I've got to gut everything out in each and every one and build them from scratch on the inside. But watch this, in the rebuilding of them from scratch on their internal, some of their internal building will be established based on the trouble that they go through. Because the trouble that they go through is going to cause their walls to be refortified. What is the walls that's being refortified? other than your determination, other than your diligence, other than you paying attention to detail, other than the fact of you being focused on allowing God to rebuild you and you pressing through the situation. The situation isn't bigger than you. You become bigger than the situation because of the God that is within you. So this is what, what, what he's talking about. He's talking about a pressing forward in troublous times or watch this. The word time that's used there is a which not only means time, but it means experience. Remember what I said here before, when, when, when Gabriel came to Daniel, he says, you're, uh, you know, what you, what you've said and what you've heard. Now you're going to experience in order to validate it as wisdom in your life. So that when you write it for the record, you're not doing rogue writing. You have experienced what you're writing so that you're wise with what you are saying. So in the same turn, he's saying that everybody that has to be rebuilt in him from the inside out, 
the wall of them is going to be established by them having situations. Y'all got to really get a real revelation. Somebody should probably shout right there. Everything that you've been going through as your troubles and your struggles, your, your, your depressions and your anxieties, those things are supposed to be building you and fortifying what's on the inside of you that God is building from scratch. You've got to have some struggles in order to have uh, uh, your blessed sensation. You've got to go through some things, what he's declaring here uh, uh, to Daniel, in order to be built up by God in your times of experience. There's some experiences that's got to happen. This is what Daniel is being told by Gabriel. This is what he's giving a revelation on. See, everything ain't going to be easy street. What he's declaring is the fact that now when, when God tears something down in order to build it back up, then there has to be some experience that's learned in order to give wisdom in the building process. So what I'm even giving as a revelation to those that are listening to class right now, that's listening to this Bible study right now you need to even begin to look at your struggle in a different light when you look at it from what Daniel has just gotten as a revelation from from the messenger Gabriel then what that's really telling you you should be high-fiving yourself because the mess that you're going through is in order to build you and perfect you and make you holy so that God can bless you as his most holiest in the end of the process amen Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to stop right there on tonight uh, before I get into any more of this chapter, amen. But I hope there was something of a blessing uh, that came forth even out of this in order to not only give us understanding of what Daniel is receiving now in the transition to the revelation that he's given about the 70 weeks, but I pray that it begins to give revelation to those who have listened under the sound of my voice of what has just been declared to look at yourself as the people that God is perfecting in the time of the 70 weeks uh, uh, to get us into a better place and not look at our, our struggles as a negative thing, but be empowered to look at it in the positive as to what's going to be the end result, i.e. our perfecting or being made holy in him. Amen, 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 amen. With that being said, uh, at this time, let me open up the floor for those who may be uh, dialed in. If you want to take your phones off of mute or whatever your devices are and ask any questions or comments regarding this information that I put out on tonight. Amen. Amen. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 